God's moving, God's, um, God's in control, guys. Lots happening on the planet. Uh, I, I really got a good message. Uh, it's a message that I have preached before, and, and um, I think it's going to inspire you. It's called On the Road to Bethlehem. Today it may be carrying within you a promise of God. It may be a promise of salvation for a loved one, a promise of deliverance, prosperity, revival, or just a promotion in your job, that is, or in your life. Whatever it is, no doubt your heart leapt when you first received it. You rejoiced at the anticipation of the fulfillment of that promise. Can I hear an amen to that? But weeks, months, perhaps even years have passed since then. Times have been hard. Circumstances have risen up against you. You feel like you've gotten off track, but you haven't. You're just on the road to Bethlehem. Now, the context of what I'm saying is about Mary. She's conceived a promise, a baby. We know that's the Messiah, our Savior, the Lord Jesus, who we worship this morning. She's about two weeks off having this baby. And so she's not even married. And so Joseph, he's a hero of mine. He cops all the flack of Mary being accused and Joseph being accused. And he just holds fast. This is a promise we're going to walk this out, but there's a turn of events and they're being called, they're literally being called out of Nazareth to Bethlehem. Weeks, months, and perhaps even years have passed since then. Times have been hard. It means you're like the Virgin Mary on the rugged trip she and Joseph make just before Jesus was born. You have conceived a promise from God. The Holy Spirit quickened God's word into your heart. Anyone ever had such things happen to them? Has God ever quickened something to your heart, uh, into your spirit, into the womb of your spirit, and you just receive something, and you're still living with it, you still got it, it's a promise, it's not going away, it might have dissipated, it might have got a bit blurry, but you know in a fact, you know in fact, even probably even why you came to church and belong to the church, that this promise is true. It could be a personal life. It could be a corporate promise. I'm not sure. It could be worldwide revival. I'm not sure. But you know it's true and it does not wane. It's still there. You've conceived a promise from God. The Holy Spirit quickened God's word to your heart. You believe God will do what he said and you're waiting for his promise to come to pass. Now you're on a difficult journey to the place where His Word will be fulfilled in you. Naturally speaking, when we talk about uh, precious women expecting a baby, we talk about that they've conceived, conceived, and they are pregnant. They are pregnant. And so begins their journey of nurturing this wonderful inception of life. And they are on a journey themselves beginning to understand, my God, I'm about to have a baby. Have we got anyone here who's very pregnant? Uh, you know, uh, who? Jelly, but she's not here today. Uh, <laughs> Belinda. Ah, Belinda's pregnant. Yeah, give us a wave, Belinda. She's expecting. She's expecting a baby. She's expecting a baby. In the spiritual, we can talk about we're expecting also in the Spirit. We're expecting a promise of God. I'm expecting some powerful stuff 
That's why I got into all this stuff in the first place. Actually, I had something birthed in me. First, it was Christ, the incorruptible seed of life. It was, it, it was, it came into me and it conceived in me new life. And it's incorruptible. It won't go away. I was just thinking about this as I was walking this sermon out on my bush track, on my prayer track. I was thinking, man, I've received the incorruptible seed of Christ. It's in me. It's not going away. It's unabated. It cannot be corrupted. Man, I could stand in a nuclear blast. I could, I could, I could die. A big tree could fall on me. And, you know, whatever. I mean, I could get swallowed by a whale. I'm just having wild illusions at the moment. I could end up on the moon. It doesn't matter. I, I, it's in me. And it wants to perfect me in Christ. Do you know what I mean? I like that. I mean, I can preach about that right there. Christ is in me. And it's like this miniature neutron reaction, like a mini, uh, oh, hallelujah. It, it, it's like a nuclear reactor. It's like a nuclear power source. It's like that Iron Man thing. It's, it's in there. And, and, and it's... Yeah, you know, and it wants to perfect you. It wants to create something. It wants to transform you into the Christ person, the Christ man. Does that help some people? It's in you. It's not going to go away. And, and it's powerful. But then I'm talking about a promise of God that may be in you. I'm talking about a word that you receive that's in you. You are expecting you, in the spirit, I am expecting still. Who's a bit like me? Galatians 6, 9 says, If you don't weary and faint, you will reap in due season. While you're waiting for the due season, however, there will be times when you must fight off disappointment. If you're going to keep expecting God's promise to be filled, that's what Mary and Joseph had to do with the long hazardous journey to Bethlehem. Let's look at Luke chapter 2. Let's look at chapter 2 verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to his own town to register. Verse 4, So Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem. So they're going from Nazareth to Bethlehem the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child, not married yet. See that? Verse 6. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. Verse 7. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. I just thought, no room. There's still no room for Jesus, is there? There's no room for Jesus in our politics, in our government, in our, in our schools hardly, but in our marketplace, but in people's lives. There's just no room. Man, just, people just got no room for Jesus. They got it all together. They got it all happening. Self-sufficient, absolutely self-sufficient. And they just have no room for a savior. Who knows anyone like that? Who knows? That's not a good place to get to. Point. Not an easy street. Let's fully grasp how this passage of Scripture relates to you today. Let's, let's have a look at this. You must realize that this is an historic event. This um, 
I want to get, get loose of the notes a little bit. So, um, this, is, this is really an historic event of Mary and Joseph leaving, having to leave Nazareth. Mary, help me, I've got to help someone. Can someone give me a piece of cloth? I've got to, I've got to make myself pregnant. Uh, I'm all pregnant already with the promises of God. Yeah, that, that's not good. What am I, bad? For four weeks? <laughs> no, man, I'm, I'm, the Bible says I'm about two weeks. Uh, you know, when Mary and Joseph were just about to leave uh, Nazareth, yeah, come on, help me. Yeah, get, if, unwrap those and, and put it, come on. You've got you to learn to work. <laughs> what, what am I about now? <laughs> what am I about now? Uh, yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Jules. Yeah, I've, oh, just had a miscarriage, sorry. It's an historic event. It's not a fable. It's not once upon a time. Mary, ah, Mary is pregnant. Mary, Julie does it better than I do. Fantastic. For those people listening on podcasts, Julie has made her miraculous, herself miraculously eight months pregnant. She's got two weeks to go. She is depicting the mother Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus. And, uh, and there's a census, the Roman Empire. You need a donkey, yeah, right. You need a donkey. Uh, yeah, because the Bible says they, they had a donkey. <laughs> um, so understand this, that this is a real event and that the, the Roman Empire... Thank you, Jules, you're a distraction now. Just, just <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm finished, I'm finished. And um, fantastic. She's expecting a child. And it's a real event. The census, the census is, is, um, was, was initiated around this time of Mary and, and Joseph. And apparently they found some documents in 1930 in Egypt that, uh, that stated that the census went for 200 years. And the census was a diabolical thing. Um, they, the Roman Empire, which ruled most of the, the known world, would reel everyone in to their, to their father's uh, you know, country. Uh, wherever your father came from, you would be reeled back to that country. And they would do a census on you. They would find out what you're up to, what you're doing, um, how many children you've got, uh, are you gainfully employed, and, and how much, at the bottom of all that, they're wanting to know, are you paying your taxes? Are you paying your taxes? It was a form of persecution and it was very oppressive to reel people back to their hometown. Now, Nazareth to Bethlehem was about a week or two weeks journey, depending on if you walked or traveled on a donkey, thank you, Julie, um, eight hours a day or 12 hours a day. And this was an uphill, this was an uphill run. From Nazareth to Bethlehem was an uphill run. So she's two weeks off, two weeks off having Jesus, the, the baby Jesus. But now the Roman Empire, by its oppressive practices, has called for everyone. They don't care if you're pregnant. They don't care if you're whatever. They just want you to come back, get signed off so that they can work out if you're paying your taxes. So depending if you want to walk eight hours a day or 12 hours a day, and by the way, this is a very arduous task. It's very treacherous. 
it, it's not a great trip for anyone. It's not like the trip that we do up north coast. The roads are great now. This is like rocks and gravel. They're sweaty. Their clothes are dirty. Their, their hair's matted. Uh, there's no Maccas to pull over. There's no, oh, wind the window down, please. Uh, let the breeze in or wind the window up. Put the air conditioning on. Mother Mary is, <laughs> she's eight months pregnant. Help me, eight months pregnant. Now, whether, I, know the po- I know the Christmas cards that you will get this season have Mary beautifully riding side saddle to a donkey with a palm tree behind her and with a, with a nice mountain with a nice, and with a star in, in the horizon, that, you know, the, the star in the horizon, and, and she's just sailing. No, man, this is two weeks of hard slog, man. This is two weeks of hard, in a hostile territory. And, um, and you've got to understand, to walk this promise out that Mary has been given, it's, and, and, and help me, only a month prior, she was actually, so she's going from Nazareth to Bethlehem, uphill, but only a month prior, she was at a cousin's place, Elizabeth, remember where the baby jumped, the, 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 the baby in Elizabeth, uh, the, 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 the baby, um, John the Baptist jumped. <laughs> and, but she was at her cousin's place, which was six miles north of Bethlehem. She was actually past Bethlehem, and she was right here, six miles past. So God, Mary's probably saying, God, why didn't you send an angel and tell me to maybe hang around for a little bit longer? I could have just traveled six miles south, been in Bethlehem, done the census, and then, you know, it would have been sweet. But no, God let her, you know, you know God does this. Hang on, God does this. He lets us go past Bethlehem. We go all the way, two, two, 120 miles. Did I say that? 120 miles, 120 miles back to Nazareth. And then God says, or then God lets happen this Roman census. Now we've got to go back two weeks, eight hours a day, 12 hours a day, depending. 120 miles back to Bethlehem. So just to help you understand that, that, yeah, it's not an easy street. Point, you can't rebuke the road. Every believer who has ever conceived a promise from God in his or her heart has questions like that. At one time or another, we all looked at the circumstances around us and said, if I'm really following God's will for my life, then why are these things such a mess? Actually, the answer to the question is quite simply. Today, as in Mary and Joseph's time, there is a power which is always working to influence natural circumstances. It doesn't stem from political force. It comes from the very pit of hell. So we're talking about, I guess we're talking, we're talking about way back when Adam um, abdicated the dominion, authority over the earth, gave it to Satan. Satan has a type of lease over the planet and he can make life tough for you. Do you know what I'm saying? Satan can make life tough for you, especially when you want to walk out the promises of God. And so was the case with Mary and Joseph. This was being made tough for her by not only the political powers, the Roman Empire, but it was being made tough by her by Satan and all his devilish plots. So we just got to understand that this ain't an easy road. And sometimes... And oftentimes, you cannot rebuke the road. I got out of the uh, car with the caravan on the back of the ute. 
And Julie's at Kew. I'll mention where I got out because this particular gas station should do something about this foreign object that's sticking out of the concrete, a piece of steel like a, like a loxen. Help me, Andrew. A piece of steel. And Julie says, and I'm waiting to fill the car up. And I said, oh, Julie says, I'm going to the toilet. Oh, look, I'll go too. And I take these big strides, one stride, two strides, bang. Now, I don't wear thongs too much, but I was this day. And I near kicked my big toenail off. And I looked down and I went, oh, God, yeah, okay. I haven't done this for a while since I was a kid. And I re- literally, the nail went up and it went down and then... And Julie says, what's happened? I said, oh, I don't feel real good. I think I just nearly kicked my toe. I looked back and there was this piece of steel sticking out, you know, help me. I went to the garage and said, mate, you got a bit of steel sticking out. Man, look, I don't wear thongs much, but, uh, you know, I nearly kicked my toenail off. But you got a bit of steel sticking out of the concrete. You know, give us a break. You know, I'm a Sydney cider and I'm not used to the... And he says, oh, look, sorry, mate, don't give up and wearing thongs just because... <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't worry. Don't give up and wear. And he said, "Man, I, I hardly ever wear thongs." Oh, I said, "Look, just because of this feral gas station, don't don't uh, give up wearing thongs." I said, "No." He was really apologetic, and I took that in, had a little cry on his shoulder, and uh, I said, "No, but buddy, get rid." I said, "Well, I, the point I'm trying to make is I can't walk back up to that bit of steel and start rebuking." I rebuked that in Jesus' name. I rebuked that bit of steel. It's part of life. It's the discomfort of life. Life is discomforting. The life is uh, life is arduous. It, it's 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 a it's a journey through life of persecutions, oppressions, and this is exactly why Mary was on, and Joseph were on their trip to um, to Bethlehem was because of this oppression that God had had enough, and He was birthing the promise of the Messiah through Mary. And he and and she was walking this out, man. Eight months, eight months pregnant, two weeks to go. Any day now, any day, you know, you, you know. And but it's a bit like us two guys with whatever God's saying to us, and you know, whatever God said to us. And and, and I know the employment situation is topsy turvy. And uh, Jeff, you just got some drastic news about your employment, and um, you know, your whole company's going belly up, and. And you've been working with a great team for a lot of years now. And, um, but all I can say is this, friend, this is a hostile planet. Anything's likely to happen. Don't allow yourself the comfort of thought to think that everything's going to be rosy because you know Jesus and, and you, know, you, you know and you love him and you worship him. No, life is tough. And especially when you receive the promise of God into your life for something in your life, in our church or whatever, it's going to be hard to walk that thing out, man. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there, the kids would say. Are we there yet? No, we're not there yet. 2010 and we're still not there yet. You know what I'm saying? But I don't care. I'm going to keep walking this thing out because I'm pregnant. I'm expectant. And the enemy would love to rob you of that expectancy. Oh, I thought you were... Man, I saw you. You were pregnant, Pastor Phil with revival and the church to be the church and, and to believe for people to be healed and people to be prospering and people to, you know, really get on fire and, and the nation to be a grip by the power of God. And 
Pastor Phil, what happened to him? And, and man, he's not pregnant anymore. No, because sometimes the enemy takes by discouragement, by the discouragement of the journey, because the journey ain't easy, guys. We're not sitting in a Volvo with air conditioning. We're not, we, we don't see a Macca's there. We don't see a Formula One there. We, we just got to, we, we can't take a, a bath, you know, on this journey. It's Mary and Joseph walking out through the hot of the day, mate. You think this is hot? Try the journey that they did for two weeks, man. And, and the gravel, man. You ever tried walking on gravel when you've been wearing shoes for years? Oh, man, I used to run on gravel. I used to run, now I try and walk, ah, ee, ah, ah, ah. You know, <laughs> it, this is life. This is a hostile planet. We're in the sway of an evil one. We're in the sway of an evil one. Our economy is in tatters, guys. Our economy is in tatters worldwide. We have to toughen up. Don't allow yourself to think that you can create a safe bubble by knowing Jesus and, 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 and just living your life trying to dodge and weave every discomfort. You cannot rebuke discomfort. I rebuke you, you piece of steel. You need to kick my damn toe off. I rebu- People are going, what's wrong with him? Oh, he's just rebuking the steel. No, that's part of life. It's part of the discomfort. And so this, this, this is really speaking to me that some people are miscarrying, mis- having a miscarriage of, of the promise. Even the miscarried people are getting saved. The incorruptible seed. The Bible says you have Christ in you. The incorruptible seed. It's in you. But they're allowing that to be miscarried. What happened, man? You were saved. You were, you were going to change your, you were going to change your behavior. You, you were going to go on for God. You were going to help build the church. You were going to serve in the teams. You were going to do great stuff for God. You were going to reach your school friends. You were, you were going to do a bunch of stuff. You were going to be successful in the marketplace. You, you were going to serve and, and, and be such an instrument of righteousness for God. What happened for you? I don't know, man. I just, I just lost it. I just lost it. So how do we get that back? Okay. I'm on track. Is this helping someone? Point there. You see, Satan wants to make your road to Bethlehem so difficult you'll fall back into unbelief. His aim is to steal the word of God from your heart and prevent you from giving birth to the spiritual promise divine purpose mary was pregnant with divine purpose imagine carrying the savior of the world Whew, would you be nurturing it's like whoa hang on, hang on guys yeah give me you know you, you'll be because what happens with mums when they get pregnant they want to eat right and and, and don't they uh, people who have no expectancy and don't appreciate the the expecting of a baby they keep smoking they keep drinking and they get themselves into all weird environments, you know, where they... But when, you got, when you're pregnant and expecting, man, you got yourself on a diet, you know, and if you're spiritually expecting, you, you're, you're into the Word. You're into the Word. You're, you're in a good environment, church. Steal the Word of God from your heart. Prevent you from giving birth to the spiritual promises, the divine purpose within you. He tries to accomplish this by destroying your expectation. How many people now do you know? How many people know they've given up on healing and given up on financial breakthrough, given up on bondages being broken, 
deliverance, salvation for their loved one, your partner getting on fire, your children responding to God, whatever it is, your business to prosper, the church to be the church for revival, the great awakening. But there was no change. You didn't see it, maybe, in all its glory. I'm telling you, be, don't be weary in your well-doing. It's coming. It's coming. God's breaking through. And so we've got this. We've got this. It was, it was a done deal anyway. I mean, Micah 5.2 says, I mean, the devil went to great lengths to stir up seemingly ins- insurmountable odds against Joseph and Mary. I mean, when I think about the Roman Empire, I think about the Nazis. The Roman Empire was the most oppressive, wicked, diabolical power, world power, that has ever been just about. They were absolutely diabolical. They were under the sway. And guess what? The taxes... They weren't used to build roads and sewage systems. They were, they, were, they were just taken off you. They were wrenched off you. Anything that you had was taken off you and was given to the richest people in the Roman Empire. So this was a very oppressive, um, diabolical, oppressive uh, system. But, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's look at this. How do we get that back? How do we get that? How do we stop? And how do we keep cultivating our expectancy in God? How do we do that? Here it is. Uh, one, worship. When you worship, you'll begin to expect God's blessing and deliverance and provision. You know what? That iPhone is the best thing that's ever happened in my life. You know... Uh, I feel like, you know, I'm on the road to Bethlehem. I feel like I'm on a long, arduous road. And, and a lot of times there is no air conditioning. A lot of times there is no comfort on that road. And I'm telling you what, I'm preaching to myself this morning. I'm preaching to myself because I'm pregnant. I am still pregnant. And I've been nurturing that pregnancy for many, many years. My number one number one thing is Christ in me. I, I want to be more like Christ. Number two, the reason we birthed the church, I believe in the power of God and the power of the gospel and I believe what the church can do for a single life but for a town and beyond. I honestly believe the church can be the church and I have that as a burning desire but I'm pregnant with it. I can't shake it. That's why I do church. That's why we do, do church is that we believe church is the catalyst for change, for prosperity, and to rebuke the devil from families, homes, and society. I honestly believe. Who can say amen to that? Give it up for Jesus. Okay. How do you cultivate expectancy? Number one, worship. When you worship, you'll begin to expect God's blessing deliverance and provision. Isn't it amazing when you worship, you begin to expect God's provision, His deliverance, His deliverance and His provision and His blessings. It all begins to make sense again. That's where the promise was conceived. As your worship becomes joyful, disappointment, discouragement and despair will flee. Despair will flee. Number two, to magnify God. This is just the only two steps. The final step is to magnify God. This means to enlarge Him instead of dwelling on the problem and focusing on the Lord. 
We need to follow Mary's example. And Mary's example is typified by a song. The Magnificent, Luke 1.46. I wonder if we could have this up. Luke 1.46, get this song. This is just prior to Mary. She's pregnant. She's hanging on. She's getting persecution. She's been mocked. She's been called a fornicator. She's, you know, she's out of wedlock. Imagine that. I've got the Son of God here, man. You know, no, we don't believe that. You're a fornicator. Persecution, mockery. But she's walking this out, this promise. And she gets this song. And she rekindles herself. She, she, she promotes her expectancy of, of what she's going to give birth to. Luke one forty six, And Mary said, my soul, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in my Savior for He has been mindful of the humble state of His servant. He's, he's, he knows you. He's, he's got you. Just like the census, the Roman census, was dragging every single person back to a point of reference to know who they were, to know what they were up to, Jesus does even better. God does even better. He knows you, but He even knows every hair on your head. He even knows what you were going to do before you were born. He knows the future of your life. The census didn't know that. The Roman census didn't know that. And Satan does not know. But Satan actually has the same intention to cast judgment on every single person on this planet. But the Bible says, it's appointed unto man to die once, once only, and then the judgment. And so the good thing to realize is that when we are in Christ, we actually stand before a righteous judge, not an oppressive, evil, oppressive, persecuting judge like the Roman Empire. We stand before Jesus and we give account of Him. We give account to Him of how we lived our life by faith. The Bible says in Corinthians, we give an account of how we lived our life in terms of what we saw by faith, not by what we saw by sight. God's not so interested. This is great. This is, I like this. God's not so interested in how you live by sight. He's not going to say, did you see that? Did you see that? No, he's not, he's not going to say, oh, you, didn't you see? Why don't you get some glasses? Man, I put that in your road. That in, didn't you actually see it? No. We'll be judged for what we did by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. And we give an account for what we do by faith. Does that help someone? For the mighty one who has done great things for me, holy is his name, 49, 50. His mercy extends to those who fear him generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things. He has sent the rich away empty. He has helped the servant Israel, remembering to be merciful. 55, to Abraham, his descendants forever, that's you and I, even as he said to our fathers. Galatians 3.29 says it like this, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to to his promise. I love that. I love that. So, this is what I think God is saying through that song. Focus on God, the bigness of God. 
focus on the Word of God, the magnitude of His plans and purposes for your life, for the church. Ponder on those things. Get your expectancy. Get yourself two months, three months, four months, five months, six months, seven months, eight months pregnant with what God's doing on the planet. That way, you will live in this this amazing arena, this amazing lifestyle of being enthused in God and being blessed of God. If you let that expectancy for what God is doing in your life and in the life of the church, if you let that dissipate and run on pure religion, there's no life in it. There's no joy in it. There's no peace in it. There's no power in it. It's all to do what God said at the very start of your life you would do and what God said that this church would do and what God said would happen to this nation. That's where the people of God live prophetically with an extreme passion for God. Without that extreme passion and expectancy in God for what He's doing in your life, my life, our life, it gets very boring and dull. You don't want to come to church. You don't want to read your Bible. But I'm telling you this, get your Bible and let it promote that expectancy. Let it, let it, it's amazing, these ladies now, they're so smart. They begin to eat the right food. They're taking uh, cod liver tablets. Is it? Help me, ladies. I'm thinking old-fashioned. In England, in England, they would actually give people high pole. It was like a white cod liver oil. So if you're pregnant... We want your baby to be, the government would say, we want your baby to be healthy and we are, it's mandatory that we are giving out this cod liver oil. I used to get given it. Do you remember, Maria? It was like, it's called Hypole and it was like a white um, cod liver oil, fish oil, yeah. And see, horrible, someone say. Gemma liked it, did she? And if you do that, you'll see the promise birth. You'll see that harvest. You'll see that God's will come to pass. But I, 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 think, I think the intention of uh, my preach is to say this, that the road ain't easy. You cannot rebuke discomfort. You cannot rebuke discomfort. And the other thing is that Stay with it. Stay on the journey. Stay on the journey. Keep walking it out. It's uphill. It's sweaty. It's hot. Whatever. Just keep walking it out. Keep walking it out. Keep doing it. This year, next year, I don't, I don't know how long it's going to take, but keep walking it out because we are pregnant with an anticipation of amazing stuff to happen. God's will was for the Savior to be born. Look in Micah 5.2. Isn't that right, Luke? Micah 5.2 said that Jesus would be born not in Nazareth, but in Bethlehem. It was God's will that Mary walked this journey six, six miles past Bethlehem, huh, walked back to Nazareth, walked back to eight months pregnant, eight months. Oh, now, now persecution is following me and pushing me. I, I move or I die. I go back to uh, Bethlehem. A week, two weeks, depending on an eight or 12 hour journey, you get back to Bethlehem. As soon as you get there, the inns are full. No one wants to know about you. And bang, you've had the promise, you know. And it can be like that. Is that helping someone? The journey ain't easy. Jeff, these things are going to happen. Companies are going to go belly up. 
The economy is in the throes and in the sway of a climate we've never seen before. The whole planet. And man, you could take that through every sphere of, of life. Everything is like this. It's so volatile. It's up and down. It's time to set our course towards the promise, towards Jesus. Thank you. Let's all stand. God bless you. Father God, we thank you that you're giving us strength, that you're giving us strength, endurance. Lord's been talking to me about faithfulness. and I just Can, can you just give me three, four minutes right here, right now? I want to talk about faithfulness, it's, it's, and I wanted to preach about faithfulness this morning. I want to give it up to, for Andrew and Julie who served the, the SG youth for five years. Faithfulness is something that, that we can attribute to Mary, most definitely, and Joseph. They were faithful to the promise. But faithfulness is something like this. My devotion says it's something like this. Faithfulness is one of the attributes of a good steward. Hence, to be faithful is to be loyal, committed, involved, attached, and supporter to the cause of the gospel. As a good steward, we are expecting to be steadfast and keep to the word of God under whatever situation we are and believe the verdict of God's word. That's what Mary did. We need to be faithful to our leaders, faithful to our pastors, faithful to all the people around our life, our marriages, wives, husbands. Faithful is a key to our promotion. Proverbs 28, 20 says, A faithful man abound with blessing, but he that makes haste to be rich shall not be innocent. I like that. A faithful man abound with blessing, but he that makes haste to be rich shall not be innocent. And I love this. Our Lord Jesus Christ seeks faithful stewards who will hold high God's banners of righteousness in the midst of a perverse generation or a hostile climate. Dare to be faithful. It pays, but it is not without pain. Father, we stand before you. And uh, I just want to say to the church. Thank you for the people who have been faithful to this church this year. Thank you that you've been faithful to the cause of Christ through your servitude and stepping up in the ways that you do. All the team leaders, all the department heads, and all the we've had so many great events this year. I want to say thank you to all the key people, the people that have prayed. I want to say a big thank you to the faithful people who have given to the church. Without the giving, we're done for. Those people who, who have given to the building fund and giving to the tithes, um, I thank you. Thank you, Jillian and Andrew. Thank you for serving. Thank you, Luke and Candace, for stepping up right beside them and helping them with SG because I tell you what, what a, an incredible, what an incredible youth group you guys raised up. Awesome one of the most blessed youth groups on the Central Coast. Don't give up, guys. Be faithful. Keep walking out your journey. Keep walking out your journey. You can't rebuke the discomforts. Just got to keep walking. Keep walking.
like Mary. Keep riding, walking. Just get there. Keep walking it out. Jesus, we thank you for this season. This season to celebrate the birth of our Savior. To celebrate Jesus, who is our our Savior in so many ways. Lord, I still believe in you. I still believe why you were birthed, why you came to this planet. I still believe, God, I'm expectant. I'm pregnant with anticipation of what you'll do for just one life. I look at Joey, my grandchild, (laughs) and I see her too. Funny, I see her pregnant with the promises of God too. I I see her wide-eyed and alive to God, ready to walk out her great purpose and plan for God. Let's, let's, let's have that anticipation, guys. Let's feed on the good stuff of the Word and the Spirit. Let's not starve that beautiful, beautiful promise. Let's not starve it. Let's get it in the right environment. Let's keep coming to church. There's a breakthrough imminent. There's a harvest coming. God's going bring to bring it to pass. I've got one scripture for you. Before I let you go, because Isaiah 66 verse 9 says, Do I bring to the moment of birth and not give delivery, says the Lord? Do I close up the womb when I bring up delivery, says your God? Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad for her, all you who love her. Rejoice greatly with her, all you who mourn over her. You will be nursed and satisfied at her comforting breast. You will drink deeply and delight in her overflowing abundance. For this is what the Lord says. I will extend peace to her like a river and the wealth of nations like a flooding stream. And you will nurse and be carried on her arm and dandled on her knees. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you, C3 Tagra, and you will be comforted. You shall be comforted. You will be comforted in all your distress and discomfort and all that happens to you on the road to Bethlehem. I pray this. God bless you. God anoint you. God keep you safe. And God allow you the endurance. God allow you the, the, the perseverance to keep on on that journey. Because guess what, folks? There is a time and place for the birth of your promise, of your promise, of your promise. Micah 5.2, it was prophesied several hundred years earlier that Jesus would be born in the town of Bethlehem. And guess what? Through hell or high tide it didn't matter what the devil threw at Mary and Joseph get back, get back, Bethlehem get back, get back, get back it didn't matter, she rode right into Bethlehem and she had that child, the birth of our wonderful saviour, Jesus Father God, you are amazing, we love you, let's give it up for them bring it on, bring your promises on bring it on, bring it on, let's just keep praying right now Father, we give you our promise. 
We give you our our promises that we've that were given to us by the Holy Spirit when we were first stirred up even under salvation. Lord, we just commit we commit the conceiving and the expectancy, the nurturing of all the promises that are in our lives, our families' lives, our children's lives. We commit it to you, God. Bring us bring us to that place of birth on that day, in that day, and the saints say, Amen. God bless you, church. Awesome. Yeah. Listen, um, just close your eyes for a moment. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't know salvation, if you don't have an assurance of salvation, maybe this would be the perfect time for you to acknowledge God as your Savior. You don't have to live under oppression. You don't have to live under the sway of an evil one. You can live under the sunshine of the love of God. If that's you, if you want to be saved, you want to become a Christian, if that's you this morning, you just really think, I've got to start my journey with Jesus. I've got to start my journey of faith with Jesus. If that's you from the front to the back, if that's you, just quickly put up your hand. If that's your friend next to you, just give them, yeah, that's great, sister. Awesome. Any others? Yeah, that's fantastic. Just one. It's all worth it. Guys, it's all worth it. It's all worth walking out the journey for one soul, for one soul. I wonder if you could just bring her out here, darling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that cool? Fantastic. Great stuff. Just stand there, darling. Just close your eyes. It's a simple prayer. I'm going to get the whole church to pray. Is that cool? I'm going to get the whole church. It's between you and God, but it's a simple prayer. You're not joining a church. You're not getting religious. It's you being spiritually connected to God. And that's that's going to happen right now with this prayer. Is that cool? Let's say this prayer together, everyone in the house. Just with your eyes closed, from your very bottom of your heart, from your heart of heart, sister, we're going to all say it together. Father God, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe he walked the earth, performed miracles. You've got to say it, darling. Just got to, got, to, got to say it. Just say it with me. Just say it. It's powerful when you say it. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth. So just say it again. Father God, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe he walked the earth, performed miracles, died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, forgive me of all my sin. Wash me clean. Set me free. Come to live in my heart. I'm saved. I'm a child of God. I'm destined to you. My journey begins now. Bless me, Lord, all the days of my life. Amen. Jesus, I bless this precious sister. Bless her. Lord, turn every circumstance around for good to those that love you. She loves you, Lord. She's given her heart to you. She's begun a journey in you. Jesus, bless her in the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, give her strength. Let faith come alive in her heart. Lord, let those promises of God begin to to be conceived in a spirit. The promises that he's always had for your sister, even before you were in your mother's womb, there were promises of God that were assigned to you. 
going to be a strong young woman. She's going to be a woman of virtue, a woman of strength, a woman of substance. I bless you and anoint you to be strong. Lord, just allow all the, all the circumstance of life to be pushed back, that hold her back from you. Lord, we just release her right now into your love into your care, into your welfare. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's give it up for Jesus. Isn't that great? Whoa, hallelujah. Well, tonight, Julie's got a humdinger tonight. I hope that candy's got some cold drinks uh, this morning. God bless the church, awesome.